We ready, brother Matt? Yes, sir. Okay, in three, two, one. Good morning, men of God. We would like to welcome you to the National Men's Prayer Call. Uh, yes, we said national because we have men from all across the nation tuning in to this call every Tuesday uh, and Thursday morning from 7 to 7.30 uh, Central Time. Um, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning. Uh, for this month, we've been, our topic has been change champion, how to make change. And our change champion for this morning is Mr. David Bailey, CEO of Noggin Education. So be ready uh, for a dynamic word uh, from this young man. Uh, this is one place and one group of men where we are unashamedly Christ-centered. Uh, we are where we are called to impact and improve men's lives uh, through prayer, spiritual uh, enhancement, personal development uh, is what we've been called to do. Uh, so if you're on this call, start a watch party, uh, share, this, share this call, and allow other brothers and other individuals to tune in. Uh, if, you, if you have uh, some questions or you need somebody to add to the prayer list, our number is 929-205-6099, and you can reach us by email as well. Uh, one, one thing I have, we, we also do is we start off with prayer, and I want to add Joe Pulliam and family to the prayer list and Clarence uh, Jerome Tolbert to the prayer list as well. And if you have others uh, that you need to ha have prayer for or add to the prayer list, just say their name in silence and we'll do a blanket prayer where we can cover those individuals as well. And I like to always start off with the scripture. And my scripture for this morning is John 14 and 13. It says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and the word of God and Jesus said, and I will do it. So whatever we ask, whatever we pray for, we need to ask in the name of Jesus. So this morning, most precious, most darling Heavenly Father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that we recognize as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we come to you as humble as we know how, thanking you, Lord, for this day, November 24th, 2020, a day that was not promised to us, but a day, Father God, that you touched each and every man on this call and allowed us to rise this morning. Allowed us to rise this morning, Father, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of alcoholism, in the midst of joblessness, even in the midst of the storm, you allowed each and every man here to rise this morning, to be present on this call, for, for, for one to just say thank you and to give you the glory and the praise you so richly deserve. Thank you, Father, for raising our families. Thank you, Father, that when we got up this morning, we found everything intact. Our homes were intact. Our loved ones were intact. Thank you. 
Father, thank you for allowing the kids to reach this break. Thank you, Father, for the virtual schools and what you've done and the, and the faith, Father God, and the power that you've given those teachers, Father God, to move forward. Father, because we know that we live in a nation, Father God, where education is important. So, Father, continue to guide the administrators in the public school system, in the private school system. Continue, Father God, to show them how to put together a comprehensive plan in order to develop our students, in order to produce scholars, in order to produce lawyers, in order to produce uh, disciples. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the foundation. Father, your word says that you would do and honor anything that we ask in your name. Thank you. So Father, we come this morning in your name. Father, thank you for removing me. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to pray in your name. Thank you for allowing me, Father God, to speak about your will. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to speak about your way. Father, there are some on this prayer call, Father God, that may, may need understanding of who you are and whose they are. Father, we have to operate in faith. Nothing we do, nothing we ask. We cannot do it without faith. Thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Lord, for being Jehovah Shalom. Thank you for being our battle fighter. Lord, we called out some names on the prayer list this morning. Father, we know that only you can heal. We know that only you can bring peace in the midst of the storm. Father, we have some that are in the hospital. We have some that are dealing with COVID-19. We have some individuals, Father God, that may be dealing with diabetes. We have some individuals, Father, that may be dealing with heart issues. We have some individuals, Father, that may be drug addicts. We have some individuals, Father, that may be dealing with prostitution. But in the name of Jesus, Father, we call them out of, the, out of those situations. In the name of Jesus, Father, we decree and declare that your healing shall take place. In the name of Jesus, that you will provide those families and those loved ones with the peace and the understanding that they need in order to deal with this situation. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. <laughs> if we don't say anything else, Father God, thank you, Lord, for what you've done, what you're doing, and for those things that we cannot see, but we received them anyhow by faith. Thank you, Lord, for each and every man on this call. Reverend Taylor, thank you, Lord, for his presence. Brother Benny Franklin, thank you, Lord, for his presence. Brother John and Matt, thank you, Lord, for his presence. Brother Reginald Wright, thank you, Lord, for his presence. Pastor Sir Derek Raphael, thank you, Lord, for his presence. We couldn't do it without you, Lord. So each and every Tuesday morning, we come here, Father, seeking 
to be changed champions. But thank you, Father, for changing us and continuing, Father God, to fill us with your word. Father, as we go forward with this call, clear every mind and every heart. We thank you. We love you. This is our prayer. Amen. Jay Mack. Good morning, good morning, brothers. We are so excited and delighted during this Thanksgiving season to be able to come to you and bring you that word of prayer and spiritually enhanced personal development. You know, we can't say that enough. You know, the power of prayer allows us to have hope in these turbulent times. The power of prayer allows us to be able to get up and face another day because we know who we have in our, our background, who we have that has our back. And personal development, that's our portion. When we pray, we're asking God to do his thing. But the personal development, the spiritually enhanced personal development, the biblically-based uh, personal development is our responsibility so that we can become better, so that we can grow into the statue of what God has called us to be. So that's why we invite brothers from across the nation and actually across the world to bring you world-class information for your transformation so that you can go and grow into the statue of the whole man that God created and desires that you to be. So this morning, once again, we are excited and delighted to be able to bring to you a world-class change champion. This brother, David Bailey, he's spoken before and we were just so excited to have him come back and share with us once again. Now he is um, one of the, he's the director of Noggin Educational Services, which is a, um, which is a local based educational system designed to help disadvantaged youth and young adults be able to transition into the educational platform and process so they can grow and become all that they have the ability and the potential to become. So they use innovative uh, processes to bring this about. David is a, uh, is a, is a, is a veteran educator and more importantly, He's a mathematician by training and math. When you understand the, the components of math, that whole STEM component, then you'll see how uh, they're providing and, and, and championing and allowing these youth and young adults to be able to grow into all that's needed to be able to succeed in this very challenging uh, curriculum and world that we face today. So with no further ado, it's our honor and joy, pleasure as well to present to you uh, Mr. David Bailey. David, good morning, sir. Uh, all right. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I am honored to be back. It's always a pleasure to come and share with, uh, with men um, who are pursuing Christ. And uh, my goal, my heart, is that we are being conformed into his image, um, no matter how that looks. It might be through breaking. It might be through growth, uh, but that we are all pursuing the heart of God. And when we pursue the heart of God, we can hear the word of God. And when we understand the word of God, we understand the will of God. Uh, so one, let me just say that I want to encourage you that, you know, the first place we go to understand the will of God is the word of God. And if you're ever wondering if what you're doing is in his will, line it up with the word. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not his will. <laughs> and so it, it, it's pretty simple in that aspect. Um, 
Well, I, wow, there's so much I, I want to get into, but I also want to make sure that the points I share are clear um, and that there, there are principles based on how God operates in the world. And I want to start by going back to real quick to the to the spring um, on March 13th, which is my birthday. Um, we got word that we went into shutdown and in the shutdown mode, um, everything stopped and we were all just wondering what is going on and why. What I noticed was that we saw a trend of things happening. We saw that some people hunkered down into fear. Some people didn't know what to do. And then some people thrived. Some people in this season are thriving. But why? Why is it that some people thrive in adversity and some people flounder in adversity? As I was talking with my students, I'm a, I'm a middle school teacher. I teach seventh and eighth grade students. I teach some algebra one and geometry. So I'm teaching the you know, advanced mathematics. And we were just starting on parabolas. Now, if you recall from parabolas, it's the curved shape um, that starts at the bottom, it curves up and then it curves down. We were studying the nature of parabolas and what happens to them, how they get higher and then how they expand. And there are certain factors that if you do certain things, the curve is going to go up. If you do other things, the curve is going to elongate. Now, just a second, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take you back to math class here in just a second here. Um, to show you that I, I, I was fascinated by this and you know, I've done this many times before with students and in the classroom but what I saw was God was giving us some clues as to what needs to happen in order for us to bring about change. So as we know that there's stuff, the things that are going on that are that are causing us to still be in a pandemic right now. And there are certain things we know that we have to do in order to change them. So let, let me let me bust the myth here. Mathematics, the study of mathematics in other fields is not contradictory to God. Sometimes we want to dismiss math, but actually math is a gift from God to help us understand how he operates in the world because everything we know is done in decency and in order. There's an order to things. And there are principles that we can learn from mathematics that are gonna help us understand how to operate in this world. What I wanna do real quick is I want to, if it's okay. Uh, hey, Johnny, would you be able to, to allow me to share my screen real quick, if that's okay? Um, during this time, there are um, gonna be things that, that we are doing that's gonna allow us to be able to be free to go forth and to live a life of success. One of the principles I share with my students is this, let me see here. Uh, is, is anyone uh, able to, to, to uh, set me free um, to share my screen? You should be able to now. Okay, thanks. Yeah, perfect, thank you. All right, y'all, stay with me. Oh, sorry. 
Put it out. It took me a while to master this here, but here we go. One is this. I tell my students this all the time. First principle is that, throw this down here, is that the process is more important than the answer. Many times in, in my classroom, my students, because I teach advanced kids, and so they are highly intelligent. And what they, what they do is this. They'll see a problem, they'll eyeball it in their head. They look at it, they kind of, they kind of size it up, and they say, oh, oh, I got this. And then they'll get the answers right. And typically up until my class, they've had success. But then they come to me. I tell them, look, if you don't focus on the process, if you don't focus on how to bring about the conclusions that you're trying to get to, then you will get stumped. And every year they don't believe me. Because in the past, it just being, being there was good enough for them. So they come to me and what I do is <laughs> I don't grade the answer. I grade the process. So I will give them the answer. So let's say it's a multiple choice problem and I'll say, okay, the answer is C. I said, y'all, I'm not grading C. Show me the math. And that messes them up in the head because now they don't know what to do. I had a student I was, I was coaching one time for the SATs and um, he uh, was in advanced math courses all the way through high school, um, had A's, but on the SATs, he was always struggling. We would do practice sets and he would we'd do 20 sets of math problems and he'd get like four out of 20 right, five out of 20 right. And I was scratching my head like, how could a kid be in advanced math? How could a kid be in advanced mathematics and struggle? And then I asked him, I said, I said, um, when you went through your math courses, how did you do math in class? Did you do it primarily with a calculator or without a calculator? And he said it, he said he did his work without, I mean, he said he did his work with a calculator. Now, why is that important? Because he never learned how to go through the journey. I want to I want to bring out a couple of other things that that emphasizes this. Okay, I was talking about the math the math of, of ministry. You're like, well, what do you mean by that? Okay, so Jesus we know lived to be 33. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm freestyling with my um with my free pen here. 33 and a half years old, right? When he died, his life consisted of watch this 30 years plus. Three and a half. I'm gonna bring up in a two and three and a half. Okay. These are years. The first 30 years was all about the preparation. Sorry if it doesn't look pretty there, but I tell my kids, y'all, y'all don't y'all don't mess with me. Don't mess with me when I'm writing. <laughs> I look like stick figures and animals and stuff. <laughs> anyway, and then his life was only. Three and a half years of ministry. 
that's roughly a 10 to 1 ratio of prep to service. In life, we focus on this. We focus on the outcomes. When's my time come? When's my day coming? How's this gonna how's this gonna get me to where I want to go? What's the goal? I want to challenge you that what's more important is not the goal, but the process. So when we go through change. Now stay with me now. Some of you dust off your, uh, your uh, math books here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go about talking about change in a couple of different ways here. One is this: I'm gonna, I'm gonna do these are concentric circles. In the middle, no, actually I'm gonna do it from the outside. I'm gonna do uh, on the outside. We have I'm gonna type it here. We have outcomes. The second layer is our processes. The third layer is identity. There are two ways to go about bringing about change in your life. One is through outcome-based change where you, you start with what do I desire? What, what do I desire in my life? That would be step one. What do I do to make it happen? And how do, and then once I do those two things, that'll get me to my destination, which is my identity. There's a book by James Clear, it's called Atomic Habits. I highly recommend it. I don't know if this guy is a believer or not, but what he says is this, is that Instead of focusing on your outcomes, he busts the myth of goal setting. Like, wait, what do you mean? Don't 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 have goals. I'm not saying that you don't want to get places in life, but he says here's this. He says that outcomes are about what you get. Processes are about what you do, and identity is about what you believe. Gentlemen, if we don't know what we believe, our goals will mean nothing. If we don't know who we are, what do you, what, what happens when you've achieved your goal? You've seen people who have gone through changes. I remember watching uh, the, the, uh, the Greatest Loser. And uh, many of you have seen the show and, and they've lost all this weight. and you didn't recognize them anymore. What we saw though, is that if you look at trends after this show ended, they had the best training, they had the fitness, they had all this. But some of them went back to reverted back to their original weight again, and some even possibly uh, went even beyond that. Why? Because their identities didn't change. Some people, when you lose a job, 
or when the thing that you want out of life is now elusive to you. Who are you? Some people go through, uh, Mr. Johnny, you're, you're, you're a Q, right? You're a Mega Sci-Fi, right? I believe. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, now some, some, some men uh, go through uh, the process of becoming a Q so they can be somebody. Some do. I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying everybody does. But some people feel like if, if I only had those letters, if I only, if I only uh, had this in mind and did these things, then I am a man. Then I am a something or, or it doesn't matter. It could be your education may give you your value and worth, whatever it is. Your identity is who you are. And when you focus on who you are and you go from looking at what do I want to who am I becoming? That's gonna make the difference in your destination. If you look at David, the reason why David was able to slay Goliath was because he was a shepherd in the field when nobody was watching. And he was forming and crafting himself into the man that was able to take down Goliath. If you look at from the call to when he went forth to become king, it was many, many years. Why? Because God knew that he could not handle everything at that time and he had to take him through stuff. And, and this is how we learn about David through the Psalms. If we take a look at uh, the Apostle Paul, Paul went two years in the wilderness to learn and craft himself, um, to learn of, of who he was becoming and God had to take him through a journey. We see it over and over again. So from where they were, your God was taken to where they wanted to be was very, it was a journey. So I say this, we're gonna flip this on his head. Focus on your identity. Who are you? That will lead to the question of, so for example, let's say I want to um, run a marathon. Don't focus on the marathon, focus on what do healthy people do? What type of habits do they put in place? And then that'll lead you to the processes. And then that'll lead you to the outcomes. I want to say something real quick. I know what we have, we're uh, moving uh, forward on time here. And I want to hit a couple more things with you here. So I'm going to draw real quick here. Um, we're going to talk about, it's called 1% growth. One percent growth has huge impacts in your life. If let's suppose, let's say on any given day that you are operating at hundred percent of who you are. So today is like on your best day. This is where you are on when you're kicking an all cylinder. If you grow by one percent every day, you will get a thirty-seven. So 37 and 7,400 roughly percent increase in change. And they're like, well, okay, how is that? It's exponential growth. 
So the converse of that is that if you go down by 1% every day, if you decrease by 1% a day, in one year, you're going to be at a net zero percent of who you were the year prior. Now, for all, if anyone who's really, uh, really, really fascinated by the, by the mathematics of this, we can discuss it. But here, here's the principle. Is if I'm investing in change and I'm investing in growing, 1%, now, some things you can't quantify, right? You can't quantify um, your marriage. You can't quantify different areas of your life. But the point is that if you are quantifying change by saying, I'm going to commit to growth, then in roughly, if you do this every single day, in roughly two and a half years, you're going to be at double the capacity what you are right now. But if you depend, if you start to decline, if you start to neglect and get worse at, and do not pursue, do not chase after, um, and do not focus on growing, literally the math says that you will be at 0% of who you are right now. So what does that mean? If I want to be better two and a half years from now, then I need to start today. But if I neglect that area of my life right now, that is not where I want to be and I keep on neglecting it. I'm, I'm not investing in my marriage. I'm not investing in my wife. I'm not investing in my children. I'm not investing in my walk with God. I'm not investing. Then it's gonna take you five years to get to where you wanna be compared to if you started today. Why? Because if you have two and a half years to get back to where you are today, because math says two and a half years to double your capacity, plus two and a half more years to, to actually get from where you are today to where you are, it's gonna take you five years. Here's my point, guys. I'm trying, I'm trying not to get too, too technical with this, but I wanna wrap it up by saying this. Well, let me bring back to the screen here. You have to identify the areas of your life where you need to grow. You need to identify the areas of your life where you must change and you must commit to making those adjustments in your life. And, and that means that some things are gonna have to die. When you allow things in your life to die that are holding you back from being whom God has called you to be, and when you invest more in those areas of your life specifically, and you know what they are, you look at Psalm 139 when, when, when uh, the psalmist talks about how you have searched me and known me. God already knows. And if you were to think about it, you know too. You have to lay it out. You have to make a list. You have to say, God, I am not going to allow these things to get in the way anymore. And I'm going to invest in them every single day. And when you do those things, gentlemen, when you make that investment, because you know who you are out of your identity in him, then when the tough times come, you'll be able to still grow and get better and be better. There's a journey that we go through. There's a process of those things. And we have to go through them. But when we invest that time and when we see, even when it looks like we're going to get to where we want to go, that God through diligence and through alignment of his word will take us to where he wants us to be. 
And my heart for all of you as men is that you are focusing on change and being honest with yourself about where you are. And when you do in time, you'll see the results if you do not quit. So there's so much more, Johnny, that I would love to get into with this, uh, but I know we are short on time. Um, but gentlemen, I am so glad that we are here today and that we are able to come together um, to grow and that my heart is that all of us continue to make that investment, focus on your identity, don't quit and move forward and you will see real practical, tangible change. Well, thank you, Brother Bailey. Uh, it's always good to hear you and thank you for such a good word. It, it was an interesting perspective to break it down from numbers. Uh, that was real fascinating to me. So, but thank you for your presentation. Um, and I want just some things that you said that just kind of made me think back on my life. And it also made me think back on the, the process. And when we think about the process and we think about identity, one, one person, now just to bring, I'm going to try to mix some sports in with some math as we close out. One of the things I do love about Alabama football coach, that's the, exactly the things that you talked about are the same things. That's why that's his whole mode of operation is just getting his players to do what? To focus, not focusing on the outcome, but number one, what? Focusing on their self, focusing on the process. I remember once somebody interviewed him and they were asking him about the other opponent and how he was going to prepare for it. And he just simply told the interviewer one thing. He says, listen, that's, that's not my focus. If I can get my players to focus on what they do and get them to do nothing else all week, but focus on what they do, to do it so much that so that when the game comes, they can't even make a mistake because that's all they know how to do is to do something the right way. And so as I think about Brother Bailey, what you've shared with us, and you're talking about that process and you're talking about that identity, then the outcomes are gonna be where they need to be. And then just to circle back and close us out with this, I love what you said in the beginning. What is the goal? The goal is pursuing the heart of God. What is, sometimes we could get so caught up in change that we forget the purpose of change. And so as we close out and as we go into the Thanksgiving holiday and, and uh, I'm already preparing like it's Thursday, but as we, as we go into the, I mean, y'all about, y'all probably won't, I'm about to forget. But hey guys, as we, as we go into Thanksgiving holiday, I want you guys, as you're thinking about change to remember what Brother Bailey said as he started out. Remember, why are you doing this? What is, what is the goal of this? And that is to keep you pursuing the heart of God. Brother Bailey, we thank you and we continue to pray for your ministry and to all the men that are on the National Men's Prayer Call. Thank you guys for all you do. It's been a wonderful year. And we just want to say thank you guys from the bottom of our heart. And I'll close us out with prayer. Dear Father God, we thank you so much. Thank you for a wonderful word that came through Brother David. Thank you for what you're doing in his life. And God, thank you for every man that was on this call this morning. And God, for the men that were not able to join the call for whatever reason, 
we want to remember them as well. God, as we go out today, I pray that we adhere to the words of Benny Franklin, that we seek individuals, that we seek another man and try to make an impact on his life by the way that we conduct ourselves. God, we thank you for everything. Thank you for all the things that you do for us. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Guys, we love you guys, and uh, go out and have a wonderful day. See you on Thursday. No, we will not. No, be are we? No, we're not on Thursday. Not on Thursday. See, now I'm trying to bring us back in. Not on Thursday. So we'll be back next Tuesday, and we're going to be yeah. kicking off a whole nother month, closing this year out. We thank you. Have an incredible holiday season. So we're not meeting Thursday. Yeah. No sir. Oh. Are we getting a Patty LaBelle pie? We're going to be eating right, a Patty LaBelle pie. <laughs> I was, I was, look, I was going to bring the family unit on Thursday, man. We were going to invite our wives and children into oh, the room. You see, you Communicate more, brother. That's a good idea. Hey, hey David, Anthony, thank you very to... much. Good job, David. Great thank job. You. Uh, thank you, wanted, man. wanted you to consider, uh, uh, we always kick the year off with something uh, unique, uh, and, and we want to bring your perspective back in January. So just going to give you a heads up. Uh, to kind of carve out some time for the month of January. Uh, we we love this perspective. We need it because this this was the most unique perspective of change that we've had all month. So it was very good. Thank you for that. I love it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Right. Thank yeah. you, Dave. Hey, this, was, this was our change for dummies class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying not to get into my into my math teacher mode. But I was like, no, no, let me just let me just take a step back here. But uh, but but there, there really is some interesting numbers to, to change in in looking at the life of Christ and the, the math of of men in their from call to from their call to when it became realized. Look at the ratio of time to when they actually operated in it. it, it it's fascinating. We're going to have you come back in uh, January. We, we, we All right. Talking. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Enjoy your holidays, fellas. God bless.